You've heard it all your life, and not just from your mother, although you probably did hear it from your mother. You have such a great voice. Did you ever think of doing voiceover? Let's demystify this fun, flexible industry here on The VoiceOver Pod with Justine Reese, brought to you by Such A Voice. I'm Justine, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes or so, where we will talk to people that have sat in your shoes and then became successful in the voiceover industry. We'll talk to people who hire voiceover talent. We'll talk about recording, sound, auditioning, casting. We're going to share some stories. We're going to share some secrets. And then, who knows, you may be my next guest. So hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The VoiceOver Pod, hosted by me, Justine Reese. And today we have a very exciting guest, June Yoon. Am I pronouncing that correctly? You got it. Awesome. Uh, June is a voice actor in Los Angeles, which is also where I live, although very often we don't get to meet each other in person, but we have this amazing way of meeting virtually. Um, June primarily operates in the character voiceover space, though he regularly works with his clients in other genres of voiceover. He has experience as an educator, 11 years of educating, equipped with a BA in theater education, as well as a California teaching credential in theater arts. Uh, and June and I were just commenting that we both have that in common, that we were theater majors and we feel like we're actually using our theater major. Uh, June thrives in both lines of work as an actor and as an educator. And it is absolutely a privilege for me too to have you here on the podcast uh, at Such a Voice. And of course, he's also part of our staff at Such a Voice running our pro members area. So we're going to talk a little bit about you and the pro members area, uh, which is something that's a little hard to explain to people. So we'll have you know, 20, 30 minutes to really get into it a little bit in more detail. So June, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I always love to start out with the why, um, because it's always different for all of us. What brought you into the space of voiceover? Uh, and the story is, is resemblance of other folks who find their way to voiceover uh, by accident. <laughs> uh, they fall into right. it or whatever yeah. I, in many yeah. different ways. But the short of it is that after losing my job as a teacher at this one mm. school, um, on a whim, and perhaps not on a whim, but because I've, I've I've always heard the whole like, oh, you have a great voice. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, I've decided to try voiceover. And I pitched this idea to my wife, who I love dearly, and the light of my life, my wife, and she said, I think you should. And <laughs> supported by uh, the mutual decision of our household, I decided to push forward in 2016. Okay. Okay. And uh, it's been uh, quite a ride since then. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. for that one year, uh, I went back to get another job as a teacher and live that life of full-time career in this thing and part-time voice acting when I came home from the job, um, that made it abundantly clear that I belonged in voiceover, that this was part of my happiness. And I ended up uh, going full-time a year after that yeah. in voiceover. That's amazing. I always tell students that come in with a teaching background that it is a great entree into the world of voiceover because you are always presenting you are always basically improvising as well um, with maybe questions that are asked of you and you really can't put a price on that kind of training 
and people don't realize necessarily, how do you think that helped you as a voice actor entering in 2016 with this background, which wasn't that long ago? You know, no, really, years? quite yeah. recent, I would agree. Um, yeah, and yeah. all my years of, of be, working, working as being an actor, working as a teacher and directing and producing and choreographing at one point, which is crazy. Really? Oh, I did I a lot of that. stuff in, in the theater. Um, I love that. And all of it, I think, led to uh, my ability to execute and make executive decisions to run this business of mine. And uh, when I, even today, when I speak to various uh, clients and students and colleagues that I have, uh, it seems to be an area where a lot of folks struggle with sometimes yeah. the ability to analyze the options in front of them and to make an executive decision about their business, about this demo, this website, this program, whatever it might be. And uh, there's a lot of decisions that go into producing a show, as you could imagine. And oh, yeah. we did solid three shows every year, no problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that decision-making capability, uh, aiming for the best outcome and the most enjoyable time by, uh, by everyone being shared in that project mm -hmm. uh, has been ingrained into my decision-making skills. So mm -hmm. I really attribute my teaching experience to the success of my voiceover business. And do you think it also helped you realize that your first step would be coaching and training as opposed to what a lot of people want to do is just go out and buy a microphone and start doing it? I have those conversations a lot with people new to this industry that they think they can just buy the microphone. They've been told they have a good voice, but they don't realize that like every industry, including teaching, you're not going to necessarily get a credential because your work is going to start to speak for yourself. Although we have those conversations too. People are like, well, I get my certification, you know, in this. And we are a world of, we love to say we're certified in something. And we will offer you that, by the way, if you're out there and you want that certification and that, that plaque you can show off or post on your social media or frame and put on your wall, we will happily give you that. But that is not what's going to make or break you. It is your work and your demos. So what was your first step when you said, okay, I'm going to try this? What did you yeah. do? Training was indeed a step number one. Um, starting off in 2016, the, my, my primary concern and focus was training and okay. learning and absorbing uh, all of it. And uh, lo and behold, through the awareness of the industry, um, although my passions live in character voice acting, and I've been in, I've been enjoying acting since 1996 as a as a freshman in high school. So it, I knew that's where my my desire lived. And in the voice acting, I, I, I knew that's where I eventually wanted to end up. But all the information and the awareness and training really pointed me to commercial and narration, all the stable aspects and the the, the, the voluminous areas of voiceover. Yeah, so I knew say I, that's the, the 21 or the $20 billion industry. Um, it is a little easier to get into uh, to crack that code first. So for those of you who are desiring to be character actors or that's you, you do D&D &D and you have that um, that knack for character work, it's usually still a good idea to get that basic training in the commercial world. But for some of you, it's three demos. Do the commercial, do the narration, and then get that animation character work out there too. Because that's where you ended up eventually. 
right? Eventually, I was able to build up my business to a point where I could support myself. First and yes. foremost, bills had to be paid. Um, of course. But one connection that I that I had failed to neglected to to make, perhaps, uh, that I was led to believe and realized was that commercial training is actually really, really excellent training for characterization. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I so agree with that because you're essentially learning to play characters, but they're just different parts of yourself, right? Correct. Correct. And being able to uh, tap into that authenticity, uh, being there able to go. unapologetically present oneself as a character, certainly in different adjustments and dials and knobs, certainly. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, it's not a character that I'm playing per se, but it's yeah. me in the story. So, And that is, I, I had a young woman over here last night who wants to tap into acting, a friend of my son's, and she said, how, sh how can I get into this? I've done some, I said, well, what have you done? She said, I did some short films and, but I was just playing myself. I'm like, that's what you want to do. If you can authentically show up as yourself, then you can span out into different characters. So talk a little bit about that. This is a really, really interesting point. I'm glad you brought up that um, this is one of the reasons the commercial world is great to get into first. Talk a little bit about that and how you've seen it play out with our students. Uh, the more and more I interact with, uh, the uh, certain names keep popping up in the VO Pro community, and which I love, which is great. I get to know these people in, the, in, in this very personal way. Yeah, which I wanted. yeah. And the folks who, who shine from week to week, from day to day, uh, are the ones who are unapologetically, unapologetically themselves. Um, with their own quirks and personalities and accents and, and I was going to say, even with their regionalisms, perhaps, yes? 100%. And should they train in general American? Yes, they should, right? Yeah. Should they work on Korean? Maybe <laughs> for different, <laughs> different applications as we go, certainly. But mm -hmm. uh, leaning heavily into the idea of who you are and the authenticities that you bring to the table in yeah. this project, in this commercial, yeah. in this e-learning project, whatever it might be, yeah, I believe is the way to go, you know? Agreed. Um, I have a spot I did for Mitsubishi. It's a 30-second spot, but the reason I think I was able to book that 30-second spot is because I talk about the climate in the home. And then, oh, and grandpa, you know, gets treated with respect and adding these little things that I did in the audition, which I would not have thought to do had I not had that training and that trust in myself to go to take that little bit of a risk. Do you find that, and I find that new students are maybe a little afraid, like, oh, I don't know if this is okay or not. Talk about how we give ourselves permission to do those little things that might book a job. If it wasn't if it wasn't for that risk that we're talking about, I wouldn't be so uh, um, successful is the wrong word. I wouldn't be so deeply ingrained in the character mm. side of voiceover where I wanted to end up originally. Um, Same with me, June. Like I <laughs> that was all I thought about when I first came to I also live in Los Angeles. And let's be clear, everybody out there listening, you do not need to live here to do this at all. In fact, I, I don't suggest even pursuing work here or the big cities uh, at first anyway. Build up your resume with 
not your literal resume, but your audio resume with all the local markets, all the little, there's so much work out there in the little markets. And, um, but this idea of, uh, you know, tapping into, that's what I wanted to do too. And so I took all these animation classes, but nobody really could tell me how to do it. And then I found a commercial, there was a demo prep class I was able to take that clearly was going to end up giving me a demo. I couldn't find an animation demo prep class. And I still don't know that they exist, but they do here with us at Such a Voice. But I still think, let's let's talk a little bit more about like why you didn't just do that right out of the gate. The foundational uh, abilities of working, the technicals of working with a microphone, audio engineering, the business uh, side, all the uh, things that support our business individually and prospectively um, needed to be dialed in, I thought. And certainly that's what I worked on in the first four years. And in 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic is where I took that risk. And I let go of a bunch of my clients around the world. Um, they still get back to me every now and then. Hey, there's an e-learning thing. I know we would you. Of course, we still do them for them, of course. But I, I also needed to free up a lot of my time so that yeah. I can focus my energy and effort into character acting. And without that risk of, I let go of clients, Justine, wow. uh, <laughs> to pursue character. And sure enough, it paid off, thankfully. And, and I, I attribute my happiness and my self-awareness and all of this. Um, but uh, going into character voice acting was very scary. And it took mm -hmm. an extreme amount of courage and mm -hmm. discussion with my wife and all mm -hmm. the things. But uh, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to say this a lot, but the self-awareness of mm. what is it that I want? Mm. Uh, where do I thrive in? What gives me my happiness inside mm. this industry is a question I think everybody must ask themselves. Take Mark Scott. We love Mark Scott, Viopreneur. The guy does not do a single line of character work in any context. He's perfectly happy with commercial and e-learning and corporate and explainers, and that's where he thrives. Good for him. I love Mark. And uh, I can't imagine. I mean, another great example um, <laughs> would be James Seawood, who's been on our podcast, who came through our program, taught for a while, and then just got too busy with his voiceover career. And he, on the podcast, he said, I basically write at this moment, at this moment, I do like five things. I do them really, really well. You know, and I do them for the NFL and I do them for, you know, hockey and I do them for Buffalo Wild Wings and I do them for all kinds of things that are very, um, very well known. So I don't want anyone to think that you even have to go into character work. So let's I think what's interesting to me about the things that you're saying, June, is the idea of pursuing happiness, the idea of pursuing joy. So for most of the people listening out there that are thinking about doing voiceover and why they should or shouldn't or give up that other job, first of all, I always say, you don't have to give up anything to start doing this. In fact, don't give up anything because the more that you're secure, maybe in your financial, it's not a quick your day job and start doing this. It's an incubation period, like you said, you had four years and I don't know if you were giving up some other work or you, you know, you say, I think you mentioned you were at a crossroads where you had lost a job. A lot of people come to us in that situation. I was working corporate and there was a downsizing and now I'm ready to do something else. So one door closes and it's time to pursue my dream. And if this is your dream, 
you can pursue it slowly. You can pursue it with gusto, but there's no need for nose to the grindstone on this. Because I think when we nose to the grindstone on things, we get we get so uh, attached to the outcome. You know, you talked about letting go of the outcome and we get so uh, rigid. So we don't allow for what might come in, which could eventually be character work. So let's bring this back a little bit to the students that are coming in and the community and how the community is helping people foster their voiceover careers and be more confident and feel like they're part of something. Uh, especially in the VO Pro community on Facebook and other places, just generally online. Yeah. Um, it is indeed all about that. Yeah. Uh, a sense of community, a place to belong with like-minded people who share the same enthusiasm and passions. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that everybody's in it for their own happinesses. It's for, for some, it's an experimentation, and that's valid, of course. Yeah, for of some, course. it's more than that, which is okay, right. too. But eventually, uh, either this is going to work out or they'll find some other happiness. I really hope they do, whatever it might be. Uh, whether that's bartending or, or snowboard instructing, I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything, right? That sounds good. But, but if, if voiceover turns out to be indeed a happiness worth pursuing, then the VO Pro community is the perfect place to be because you will be surrounded by the like-minded people who share the same enthusiasm and passion for this business. Yeah. And it, it propagates in multiple ways from technical support to mental support, emotional, philosophical support to practical advice about the industry and how things are changing all the time. And without, without that sense of information and, and camaraderie about this thing that we love, it really can be, I, I, we mentioned this earlier, it can be very isolating. And one thing I know about this world, Justine, nobody does anything by themselves and succeed in this way. We, we thrive inside a tribe, a community, mm. a family. And the VO Pro uh, membership is certainly a wonderful place and a reason for that. Um, we have Just our so crazy you know, uncles I, you too, are, you know. <laughs> you are speaking my language um, very much. I agree 100%. And I think we're still suffering a little of coming out of our three years of, you know, well, two and a half or whatever it was of isolation and how do we integrate. But what this voiceover community found, and especially it's very interesting that you made this transition to character work in 2020, because it's all, I, I use a word in my classes, and if any of my students are listening, it's opportunity. When we are prepared for something, we can take advantage of an opportunity, and that's what I call opportunity. When an opportunity comes along, if you haven't invested the time in preparation where you're not focused on the outcome, you're not focused on the work, you're just focused on maybe the joy of learning these skills, learning how to record, and having the support around you, which is what we're very good at, those four tent poles of, in voiceover is the coaching and training, learning how to use a home studio, getting those demos done in a, in a professional way where you are not so integrately in, you know, trying to DIY it, which doesn't work. So you get your scripts written for you in a customized way that really brings out the authenticity. Because one of the things we do at Such a Voice is we custom write the scripts on the services you use, the products you use, and what comes out 
I'm just going to ask you, like you're one of my students, what comes out when we do that, June? <laughs> uh, our own selves, uh, Miss yeah. Justine. Yeah. <laughs> my whole thing is, um, tell me what you think about this, but I, my whole thing is commercials are not for voice talent, are not about selling things. They're about sharing experiences. And if you're sharing an experience by pretending that you're in this thing, it's not going to work. It has to be honest right. and authentic. And that's not to say that you're not going to get scripts you don't like and you don't relate to. The whole point of coaching and training is to be able to relate to, you know, if you don't like coffee and you're doing a Starbucks commercial, you know, you can think you're doing a, you know, a, a Taz on tea commercial and think about drinking the tea. But, but for your demos, how great is it to show up and talk about the things you like? Because then your demos become like a little slice of you, you know? Have you Absolutely. found, talk about, yeah, tell me about how the community um, in the VO Pro that you see these people coming back, what are they getting out of it? Uh, many things. <laughs> Number one, uh, the continuation of the education. Yeah. Uh, very, very importantly. Right. Through, um, there's a program called the Audition Check on a weekly basis. Uh, everybody who is in the membership uh, can submit an audition every week and check what their audition process is, what that sounds like, uh, and listen to and, and, and critiqued by a currently working member of the voiceover industry. So it's not uh, uh, we're, we're not auditioning inside a bubble. We're not auditioning yeah. to a bunch of people that we don't know. It's mm -hmm. people in the industry who are currently working, who have the capacity and the qualifications to provide that criticism. Again, a, a slice of life from the real world mm -hmm. so that every actor can be better informed about what it is mm -hmm. that they're doing and mm -hmm. how their training has evolved inside of mm -hmm. them over time audition check uh, we audition also offer offer another program are you bringing in coaches from um such a voice but also other outside entities as well right i am commercial coaches uh, casting directors for various things uh in commercial and character for now um eventually we'll expand into other areas and special specialty folks who are operating in ivr audiobooks yeah. and e-learning and things of that nature as well of course I am. I know that I used. I have had come in before, and I would love to come in again and and do that. It's really fun for us as coaches to to integrate into the ongoing community. It's you know we learn from you guys just as much as hopefully you're learning from us. I I think June can attest to that collaboration. That's where the collaboration comes in. Which, if you try to do this on your own. It's such a different process because you will, and that's why a lot of people say, oh, it's too hard to get into voiceover because they're trying to force their way into it all alone without the coaching, without the training, without a community. And the beautiful thing that has come out of COVID is the idea that a community can exist online, which is really the only way a voiceover community can exist anymore because we don't go into the studio. I mean, I used to love that feeling of going into the studio and having the engineer there, or maybe even the clients on the other side of the glass. Um, it was a nerve wracking, exciting moment to book a national commercial and have the clients there. 
I don't think we're going to see that happen at all anymore. What clients are going to want to fly in from New York to LA? What's the, there's like no reason for that. Think of the money they're saving by our. I, I would agree. Yeah. Definitely in the commercial realm, everything yes. is pretty much remote now. Hundred yeah. um, percent. I, I still am aware of a few talents and clients who prefer to bring people in. Yeah, but it's them, of course. And uh, and he's right as far as animation, but this is a this is an important shift in the conversation that I would love for you to hear from you because I used to say you know it, it's very studio bound um, animation, and it's still is somewhat but that has really changed hasn't it it has uh thankfully the awareness of remote voice actors around the world yeah. uh, has become a solidified element in all productions that ha that occur every single day around the world right. um there will always be exceptions uh, yes. los angeles for example is yeah. one of those exceptions uh, uh where in studio will be preferred of mm -hmm. course, mm -hmm. it will be preferred. It's the heart of the entertainment industry. Uh, it doesn't mean that remote talent are, are neglected or ignored in any way, um, but they will. And again, the real world coming in, the, the clients will prefer the talent in the studio. However, when as they become aware, and they have through this pandemic, they have become aware that there are amazing talent around the country. The real question is, will that talent, will that actor be have enough training and the ability mm. and the skills and the home studio for them to make that exception and bring you in to this session from your home studio? One case in one case, in fact, uh, that I like to uh, utilize every every time I, we have this conversation uh, yes. uh, is a friend of mine and a colleague named Sarah Sakura. Uh -huh. uh, Sarah is a voice actor, director, casting director in Michigan, of all places. Mm -hmm. And she suffers from a disability that that uh, keeps her in the house. She's mm -hmm. not able to leave the house. So she has no choice but to do remote. But her abilities in characterization, in commercials as well, in fact, and her audio, crisp, clean, and absolutely broadcast quality are all superb superb mm. and productions video games animation around the country make an exception for sarah because she is capable even though she's in michigan is not mm. able to go into a studio is it is it common it is not it is not however Only those... yes this is an area where you know our industry is so amazing in this way that we don't see we don't see uh, uh, color. We don't see ethnicity um, necessarily, right? I'm not saying that those requests don't come in, but particularly talking about people with disabilities that maybe can't leave the home like this woman you're talking about. And I have to speak of um, our very dear Tony Jackson, who I don't know if you've ever interacted with him in Pro Members. Uh, he got a little busy recently, but he literally rolled into a class in his wheelchair and he doesn't use his hands and he has killed it in voiceover and he got his start with us and he's on one of our testimonial reels but you wouldn't even know like it doesn't even need to come up none of that needs to come up even when you see him um and it's just an amazing thing and i always talk to the ladies out there because we get an age range you get an age range in voiceover 
what other industry gives you an age range? You know, I mean, you kind of get it in acting, but it's way more pinpointed, right? Our voices, and that's not to say our voices don't mature and they don't age because they do. But um, how is that, how does that piece help people have longevity in this, do you think? Uh, again, relying into uh, their authenticity. Yeah. Uh, as much as I would love to play those young protagonists in various <laughs> things, no. I cannot. I and and they won't. Can I audition for it? I can. And I have. Yeah. Will, yeah. will they choose me over some other brilliant actor who sounds like they're in their 20s? Yeah. I'm not going to get chosen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we have to we have to be realistic about that, too. And that's where working with a coach again, like, what are you good at? It's impossible to be objective enough to know. And your coach can really help hone you and direct you. One of the one of the things I love that we do, and I've seen, you know, we've changed how we do this at Such a Voice over time. But in your coaching, you'll get to put your certain things in a file that the script writers will come along and listen to and try and write a script similar to that. Everything's custom. But we want to, you know, hone that um, in the pro members, what are you else are you seeing uh, go on? Talk a little bit more about that in our community. Just generally, everybody's self-awareness increasing collectively together. Uh, and, and if I were to break that down into more bite-sized pieces, it's uh, the education and experience uh, through our program, through interaction with uh, with other colleagues in the in the group, as well as other folks coming in from offering outside perspectives, we become more self aware of who we are, what we're capable of, and what it is that we're bringing, so that we can lean into those authentic aspects of ourselves and be a value proposing uh, partner in this transaction with this client in the relationship with this company studio whatever it might be and i'm a proponent of of knowing what we bring um if i if i'm if i'm ford i'm gonna push my f-150 because i know that sells right a yeah. terrible example perhaps but i know what i'm bringing i'm mm -hmm. not gonna try to audition for that teenage girl role i'm not gonna book it not at all mm -hmm. and i know that Mm -hmm. Instead, I'm, I'm going to choose to direct my energy and my time inside this 24-hour time limit that we have on a daily basis to focus my energy into a sharp honed point that pierces the veil of those dad roles because I'm a dad. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. A majority yeah. of everything that I play in the character space, as well as narration and other things, are the middle-aged, late 30s to early 40s, mid 40s, 50s roles and mm -hmm. and components of the commercials and, and narration and these types of things. And I know that. And because I know that, I'm going to double down in yeah. those areas where I will succeed. Yeah. There's and, no and, point. And you got you to gotta learn that somewhere. And that's also when you do your demo, um, we want to we want to lead with your strongest age range, uh, authentic voice, you know, and I always say I'm a voice of authority with a sense of humor that tells it like it is. That is not everything I do, but that is a lot of the kind of things I I book. And then I have done a lot of like compassionate reads. So how do you find that? Uh, I mean, I have answers, but I'm asking you because I'm um, 
What do you tell students about how we tap into that? Um, by experience, mm-hmm. right? By taking the shoes off and put, get, getting on the hot coals to walk the walk, right? Um, little t- throw a little Tony Robbins out. out one there. learns by oh, doing. Yeah. And one learns by yeah. failing as well. Oh, I love that. Spectacularly, mm. of course. As long as the failure doesn't impact the journey negatively. And that's why the mentors and coaches are here to talk you into focusing that energy. But experiencing it and failing, I, I, I believe in no other better teacher than life experience itself, especially in this industry yes. where yourself and your authenticity is what you're bringing, number one. And two, by experiencing other colleagues, mm-hmm. um, a lot of things become very clear once you're inside a audition check session for this thing that calls for something, something mid-30s person, blah, 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 blah. And our beloved, our, our young friend, Tomas Villamazar, hi, Tomas, comes uh-huh. in here with his like early 20s voice and tries to do this thing. It becomes painfully in, a, in the most loving way, painfully clear that yeah. the self-awareness piece really comes into practice mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. crucially important it is to know who you are. Yeah, nothing's going to build your confidence more than knowing your voice and the power of it. And an area I've gotten into is vocal, you know, coaching vocal empowerment. And it's really, that's another thing you're going to get. It's a great sidebar to this kind of coaching and training is how it's going to affect you in other areas of your life. Thoughts on that? Yeah, a lot. And, and every decision I make outside of voiceover in my personal life is indeed based on my authenticity and self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And some of the tenants, some of the tenants that I've, I was fortunate to earn through improvisation, which talks about authenticity and self-awareness. Love improv out there. The, being involved in improv, which you will get a little bit with our great Tim Prov, Tim Powers, also did an episode with him. Um, very good. Learning how to take risks and trusting your instincts, right? So that when you're faced with these, these bunch of words that you didn't say, right? Uh, these words and concepts and ideas that are foreign because you didn't, you didn't come up with them. They're not oh. your ideas and your words. So that you can lean into who you are, who I am, who we are, and say it, express it, and be it as believably, authentically, naturally convincingly as we can. Yeah, I love that. Um, We are running out of time. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Where can we hear you? What are some of your favorite things that you have done June that you look back and you're like, this was a great legacy I got to leave with my voice. That's very kind. Thank you. Uh, If anybody here is a fan of a video game called Genshin Impact, Mm. uh, I play a bunch of dads in that game, (laughs) of course. I love that. (laughs) Um, But you'll also hear me on a video game called Wulong uh, Fallen Dynasty. Uh, You'll hear me on Black Desert Online, the land of the morning light. Um, Tower of God, the new uh, Tower of God, and 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 oh my gosh, this guy has seven. That's what it is. Okay, okay. I uh, play this cute uh, magenta colored bunny, oh. um, who is this supremely difficult boss level character who's uh, 
who's gonna really test your video game abilities uh, so, <laughs> so there's a great aware. there's a great irony that can happen in uh character work too where the character can look one way and then sound totally different i think we can think of a lot of examples of that in pixar uh films like the birds in the little mermaid the, those opposites and the idea to play an opposite, like you might look at a cute little bunny and think, oh, cute little bunny, he's not like this, but how funny if the cute little bunny sounds like that, right? And what can you say about that? Uh, to, again, lean into the, whatever the visual might be, yeah. right? Whatever the character, yep. whatever, whatever the, the appearance might be, if it's a, if it's an antagonist with terrible set of morals and right. the words and ideas that align with their own belief of xyz things and that's why you play and you tap into that evil side of you everybody has one myself mm, included mm -hmm. and we be vulnerable with those evil sides of us indeed uh, um <laughs> even though hado is this super cute bunny bunny creature um He'll cause a lot of damage to your players, to your characters, and better be aware. <laughs> I, I feel good about it, too. I love that. Um, yes, tapping into that authenticity, I always say that's even in character work, you guys, it's got to be built in realism, which is why the coaching and training is so important. Even if you're great at doing funny voices and everyone tells you, I love the voices you do, or are you great at imitation? Another great thing that I, I think is worthy of discussion, even though I just said we need to stop talking, but um, is the idea when we hear be Morgan Freeman, be like Julie Bowen, be like whoever, you know, James Earl Jones, I have a thought on what that actually means. And I'm sure you agree with me, but you just talk a little bit about when it's a prototype like that, that they don't want you to sound like it. What do they really want? Uh broken record of authenticity yes yeah. i they, they don't want, want an imitation mm -hmm. if they want to hire morgan freeman they'll hire morgan freeman if they want a, a voice of the morgan freeman they'll hire a voice match perfectly fine right. but the richness of morgan freeman the wisdom behind his teeth is what they're looking for the feel yeah, wisdom there's a great word you know, and it's not no, no one, no one, no client ever, except for in specific instances of voice matching. Yes. No one is looking for an imitation. That's no right. one. No right. one. So voice matching you... is something that happens. Um, and we will always know if it's a voice match. It will clearly, clearly say, and that's a very different thing. But much more often, you're going to see these celebrity names throughout, which is another reason to stay up to date, listen to a lot of audio, listen to a lot of documentaries. And, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman has, a, has does a lot of that kind of thing. Listen to podcasts, listen, listen to audiobooks, listen to what you're getting from these voices and just ask yourself, what's the words that are coming to mind? I love the word that you used, wisdom. Is it friendly? Is it trustworthy? Is it authority? Because those are the words that clients use when they're looking for voices. And then you can start to say, that's why I say I'm a voice of authority with a sense of humor that tells it like it is. Um, I'm very, I can be very dry and very blunt. I can be authoritative. Um, I probably should throw the word compassion in there because I think I book a lot of that kind of stuff too. But finding those words that resonate with your voice and working with your coach um, 
So we talked a little bit about um, if you're interested in finding out more about how you can build your coaching and training and get to demos, please reach out. There will be links um, everywhere with uh, such a voice and happy to do a voiceover evaluation or watch a webinar. And how can we find you, June? Uh, I'm at junyoon.actor uh, for my acting everything and junyoon.info for coaching and resources and information. Okay. And what would be your last words of advice to someone considering this career? Uh, to progress and, and not to stagnate, but to progress. And even if that means micro step every week, Mm -hmm. still progress to progress in this journey with gratitude, with self-awareness, with empathy for yourself mm -hmm. and others, mm -hmm. and to absolutely bring into question the assessment, is this happiness? Because mm. if it is, you're going to make it. Yep. Yep. Staying in a place of gratitude and joy. I really appreciate those those words as we are ending out the year rolling into the holidays and another thing to consider is we got a brand new year ahead of us and if this is something that you're interested in what a great time to start taking little baby step actions towards it so thank you for joining us today june and i look forward to many more conversations and maybe even joining you in the pro members area to do a little coaching Looking forward to having you. I'll send you the link for those things and we'll expect you, Justine. All right, June. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of The VoiceOver Pod with Justine Reese and June Yoon. If you want to learn more about what it takes to become a working voiceover actor, come to an intro class or schedule a voice evaluation with Justine. You can contact her at justinereese at suchavoice.com that's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-R-E-I-S-S -E -E -S at suchavoice.com. Or check out our website at suchavoice.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe to this channel or leave a review. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.